reminder. This isn't every <laughs> week. This is every other week. It's bi bi monthly. Is it bi monthly or bi weekly? Bi month or oh. both? Oh, <laughs> I actually googled it because there's always those memes about does bi weekly mean every other week or twice a week? Yeah. Does bisexual mean every other week or every other twice? every other sexuality? <laughs> or two uh, sexes at once? Bi monthly, twice a month. Or every two months. What the fuck? It's both? <laughs> that doesn't fucking help. <laughs> so I'll have to clarify. We are bi-monthly, but the other version. This is this is a terrible... You can't... That's a very big discrepancy. <laughs> There's a big difference between two weeks and two months. Can you imagine if you start a job and they're like, Oh, I'll, we'll pay you bi-monthly. And it's every oh, two months. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, Grant, each paycheck's going to be pretty big, um, but I can't wait that long for my paychecks. <laughs> Papa's got bills to pay. Welcome, everyone, to Silly Marillion, a fun little podcast where I, Paul, a lifelong Tolkien fan, introduce Tori, a very new Tolkien fan, to the Hi, that's book, me. Yes, to the book Silmarillion uh, by J.R.R. Tolkien. Some people might say it's a mistake to have someone read the Silmarillion before they read Lord of the Rings. I say it's just quality content. So, <laughs> last time... We covered the Valar and everything. We talked about the elves kind of making their way out west, making their way downtown. Making their way downtown. Yeah. Walked in fast. Probably walking slow, though, because they're immortal and have nothing else to do. I think it took, like, the, like, several years for them to just get there. But then again, they're walking, and it's a very long distance. They walked, like, across <laughs> Middle Earth. No big deal. No big deal, you know? You ever just walk across? They forest gumped it. They forest gumped it. <laughs> every other day. Yeah, every other every other day. But yes, we got like the elves. We got uh, Thingol, Elu Thingol, or Elway, as he used to be known, meeting a goddess in a forest, and then just falling into a trance when they see each other. We got. It's not true love unless you stare at at each other for eternity. Yeah, don't. Don't at me unless you've stared at your true love for years and forgot if your If you come to my people. wedding, that's all it will be is us staring at each other. You and staring at each other. <laughs> me leaning in. When's the reception? I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> there is no food. Only stares. <laughs> no. The food is the food of souls, which is staring. Welcome to the Hall of Mandos. Welcome to the Hall of Mandos. Check out my tapestries. Oh, God. Uh, yes, so now the elves, most of the elves, are in Valinor. Some of the elves are still in Middle-earth. And some of the elves were kidnapped a long time ago and have been turned into orcs by brutal torture by Melkor. God, that was such a sad realization. I had briefly forgotten about that. Yeah. It, well, it's interesting because... I don't think Tolkien ever actually settled on that as, like, the origin of the orcs. Because I I always forget this. I always usually think, oh, it's set in stone. But, like, Tolkien never published the Silmarillion. He died before the Silmarillion was published. Like, the Silmarillion oh, are a bunch of his notes on the history of Middle-earth that he took compiled by his son, Christopher. Yeah. And so... Wow. So we're um, reading his diary, essentially. Kind of. Like, it's also he interesting. He didn't even ask permission. The Silmarillion was kind of his favorite thing he was working on. Like, him compiling, like, the history of Middle-earth. Like, no doubt he had a lot of fun writing The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. But, like, he was a big, like, uh, saga nerd. Like, growing up, he loved reading, like, the Norse sagas and all these epic tales and histories. And, like, this is... Uh, I believe his, like, big motivator, if I recall correctly, was uh, he noticed that 
like Britain didn't have its own actual folklore. It like that belonged to Britain. It was either Celtic folklore, which was primarily attributed to Ireland. Uh, a lot like King Arthur was actually French, a French invention. Uh, the the Danish had like Beowulf and all that in Old English that they brought over. Uh, when the Professor Vikings, Professor Paul, really laying down the history. Yeah, and so like Tolkien was like, they don't, we don't really have our own mythology. We don't have our own mythos. So that was kind of his idea of writing the Silmarillion. And I think he started writing it in, like during World War One when he was fighting as a young man. Like he started writing this poem that I believe turns into the story of uh, A.R. and Dill, which we'll cover later. Ooh. So he was really like, we don't have any, so I will create one right now. Basically. Also, I believe it was a cover for him making up a fake language. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's like, I love languages. My whole life is about languages. I'm going to make a fake language. But it would be silly to just make that. People would judge me for being the crazy man who made a fake language that no one uses. So instead, I'll write so a whole... let me just create a whole world. Yeah, let me write an award-winning... like fantasy trilogy and then throw in some characters throw in or a thousand yeah let me just throw in a few characters uh these fun little guys named hobbits i'm certain no one will get too (laughs) attached to them but yeah anyway what the fuck was i talking about that i started talking about that that's the thing we were we were recapping (laughs) recapping (laughs) and that's what you missed on glee (laughs) jesus i well that was a very Um, uh trite uh recap no doubt uh throwing random we're talking about the elves yeah i think so i have so much fun can this be another side note too of um thanks everyone who listened oh my god you should have seen me i was so emotional looking at all the comments and all the people who listened and also enjoyed it like they listened to all 80 minutes of us just (laughs) silly marillioning I never uh, realized just how many, uh, <laughs> just how many Kermit the Frog heart memes there are. <laughs> those, those. There's those a lot of there's lovely. a lot of love on Twitter. There was <laughs> quite a lot of love. So thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for enjoying. Uh, thanks, Star join Fuckers. Join us every bi-monthly, bi-weekly. Buy something. Uh, bisexuals. Bisec- every bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come join us. Come, come join. Th- uh, where I, are we now, Paul? What are we I doing? Don't know. What's I don't the? Know <laughs> um. Yeah. So, the elves are now in the West. Uh, some of the elves are still in Middle Earth. Uh, and the Valar are like, and uh, Melkor has been thrown in jail, basically. He's been thrown into the halls of Mandos, where you can't really escape from. Uh, he got busted. He got Quick busted. Question. Yes. The uh, Middle Earth, is that different than the West? Yes. Like, is the West not t- technically so the in West, Middle Earth? Technically, the West is on a continent called Aman. Uh, spelled Aman. Aman, Aman, basically. Uh, a man? A man, a child. <laughs> um, but the way Amon is, it's kind of like crescent shaped, sort of, on the edge of the world, where it kind of like its uh, top two points kind of point towards Middle Earth, sort of. Middle Earth mm. is basically used as this big continent that everything takes place on, really, because there are these southern continents, which never get mentioned they're like oh people live there but nothing we don't care about them yeah it's they're irrelevant they're over there there are large tracts of think of like middle earth as like the continent of eurasia we're just Mm, okay because it kind of looks a bit sort of a bit like the mix of like the eurasian continent and africa kind of uh Mm -hmm. with 
most of the focus being on the northwestern part, which could be analogous to Europe, which is like kind of the focus for Tolkien with all this and that. Um, but yeah, reason in, he's creating it. Yeah. Uh, so in the west on Amman, there is the kingdom of the Valar, Valinor, with its capital of oh Valimar. Again, uh, Jimmy. Why? Come on, Jimmy. One one name is good. Actually, one name. Jimmy was probably like everyone needs a bunch of names because doesn't he have like four? J R R Tolkien. Oh my god, he, he's obsessed. What is the R R? It's Ronald Raoul, I think. Yes, Ronald it's Ronald Raoul. So John, Jimmy, Jimmy Ronald Raoul. <laughs> so in Valinor, uh, the elves are now protected. Now, of course, you got the three kind of kindreds of the elves. You got the Vanyar, who are led by Ingwe, and they basically see Varda and Manwe, and they're like, oh, we like them. We want to hang out with them. They're so fucking cool. So they immediately settle on the mountain Varda and Manwe live on. Like, they quickly just build up towns up and along this entire mountain, and they're just like, hey, cool. They also build, uh, they also like settle in Valimar, the capital, but because the Valar have their own homes and they only really meet at the capital, it's not used as much. But like the Vanyar, if the one thing you need to know about the Vanyar is they're super hype about Manwe and Varda. And honestly, if Tori was a Middle Earth, that's where she would be. Yeah, if, this is Tori is a Vanyar, just being like. With her golden hair. And just like, oh. Hair flip. Hair flip. Ooh. Honestly, next D&D character, maybe. Ooh. Inspo. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe I'm just obsessed <laughs> with the Star Queen. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Hello, star fuckers. Hello, star fuckers. Sorry, moving so, on. I could talk about Varda all day. Yeah, we'll we'll hold off on that. We can do an entire episode <laughs> of on Varda, even though there's very oh little God. to actually do on Varda. But anyway, we'll create head cannons. Head, oh God, a head cannon podcast where it's us just vibing, <laughs> cracking, like vibing eating, with Varda. That's the title. Vibe. <laughs> Welcome back to Varda vibes. Um, Maybe that's the drunk episode. That's the drunk. That's uh, yeah. Varda, take ooh, a shot could, every time could end every episode with like some rhyme of wisdom we open a fortune cookie or something it's like vibes <laughs> with varda and it's like okay what's today's wisdom that we're learning but anyway Excellent. We, we have the spinoff we have the spinoff um so we have next the noldor who i'm gonna say are the drama queens of middle earth a bunch of shit of the shit that happens happens because of Noldor because these guys are extra. They're very extra. They're very interesting, but they They're are the led reality by TV of the elves. They kind of are. They're the Kardashians. I don't. Oh, oh well, I won't go. Well, we do focus on like the <laughs> Royal family of the Noldor quite a bit. So they, Oh my they God. Are they the are Card the Kardashians. It's they going in my fucked. notes. I hate this. <laughs> Because they do cause a lot of the drama. I hate them. Uh, this. I don't know it, it how makes I feel too much about sense. that. <laughs> oh, You're welcome, God. Paul. If this is so, what I contribute to this podcast, you are welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the Noldor are led by uh, Finway. Uh, and they are all about crafting. They're all about kind of hidden knowledge and they're very inquisitive, they're very studious, and they're very um, kind of hot-headed at times, but I think that's just personal characters. Yes, I would describe the Kardashians as studious, Tori. I look at them and go, <laughs> well, okay, ah, everything what else scholarly said. people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, isn't Kim working on her MBA or something? I don't. You know what? The, I don't need to don't show how much know. Kardashian knowledge I, I have. Don't. Flexing on, on me with your reality TV knowledge. <laughs> that, that could be our next podcast after Silly Marillion. Is you telling me about reality TV. Oh, gosh. It's just that meme of the girl like talking to her mother. 
<laughs> and trying to explain something. And I'm just oh, don't worry. I like will it, find like, someone. Um, I will find someone in Middle Earth who is the equivalent of the Bachelor. I'll make the connection. Now I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Okay. I can't. <sighs> don't worry. I'll make God. the connection. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Noldor live on in this city called Tyrion. Uh, not to be confused with the Game of Thrones character. This is T-I-R-I-O-N. Uh, and it's built on the hill of Tuna. T- come yes. again? Tuna, yes. It's T-U-N-A with the little like kind of tilde above the U. Oh, so it's not really Tuna. It's Tuna it's or just something. It's mostly Tuna. <laughs> you, put, you put the syllable along the wrong emphasis. It's Tyrion upon Tuna. Uh, and that was like originally like the home that was built for the elves. Like the Noldor built that up as like kind of a center for the elves to gather. Uh, they like built like the biggest tower. It's called like the Tower of Ingwe. But Ingwe is like, sorry, thanks for building us this cool city. But we're going to live next to Varda and Manway because I want to catch Varda sunbathing or some shit. And <laughs> so they moved to the mountain. So it's mostly Noldor who are living in Tyrion. And Tyrion sits the way Valinor is set up is there's this massive mountain chain along the coast as kind of like a defensive wall to protect the rest of Valinor. And in the middle of this uh, massive... Uh, mountain range is uh, Tanaquetl, the tallest of all mountains where Manway and Varda live. And then down to the north of it, there is this valley that allows people to move from the coasts into Valinor. And Tyrion is built on a hill in the middle of that valley so that they get, they can like see the light of the uh, trees. So like it's daytime and like kind of silver nighttime in the west and then when they look east they can also make out the stars of varda so it's kind of like lovely yeah it's like a best of both worlds they're hannah montanaing it you get the Uh, best thank you for throwing that reference in hey i grew up on hannah montana so yes (laughs) abc in the morning fucking the kids that and sweet life of zach and cody oh heck yes I'm also a Disney Channel kid at heart. I didn't Let me throw in some Channel, of those references, too. On Saturday mornings, I was. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then we have the Teleri. Now, the Teleri are kind of split up, because about, like, I think, I don't know, half of them or so, stayed in Beleriand, that far western part of Middle-earth, looking for Elway when he was staring into the eyes of a goddess. For years. And the rest still wanted to go into the West. So, uh, did I say the West wanted to go into the West? The rest wanted to go into the West. Yeah. I'll check that <laughs> the in the rest editing. To the Maybe West. Turn out. West to West. Uh. Um, so, Elway's brother, Alway, goes, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll become your leader, and I'll take us over, and we can join our friends, the other elves in the West. So they... Elway and Alway. Yeah, Elway and Elway. Yeah, oh I'm God, making sure to do this. Were they twins? I think I don't think they were twins, but I think Way signifies like first or something. With oh. all these like being like first elves to wake up. Oh, Alway. okay. Clever, Hold Jimmy. Up. Clever. Let me let me look up because like there's like entomology or etymology, I believe is the. It's like, did Tolkien have kids? He did have kids. Oh yeah, he, he did have kids. These wrote these kind of for his kids, right? Uh, he wrote the Hobbit for his kids. Oh, okay. um, he also wrote did them. His... There's a collection of letters from uh, Father Christmas uh, that he would like <laughs> write to his kids to be like, oh yeah, they're I'm like, oh Santa's having trouble here or some Aww. other thing. Uh, did his kids have names like this? Were they like Elway? I think it was like Christopher and like John Jr. or something. Um, Okay, so Way means man, basically. Because Elway means star man. 
I don't know Ooh. what Alway means. Uh, opposite of stars. Alway. Sun man. Sun. Day man. Dirt man. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's no explanation for Alway. Get on, get on that Tolkien gateway. He must have been the second brother, right? I guess. Cre- creativity ended at Elway. Yeah, Elway, and then his brother, Jim. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Elway kind of takes his people over, and because they're latecomers, they don't have a city. And so the Noldor build, like, a haven for them on the ocean. Because while they, like, live in the West, they still want to mostly be under the stars. So they uh, build this uh, little port city for them called Alqualande, which is, I believe, Haven of the Swan in Elvish. Um, and it's like, like the walls are like covered in pearls and such, and it's very beautiful, very ethereal. Alqualande. Alqualande. So I think it's A L Q U A O N D. E, and like the E has like two like dots over it, I believe. Listeners, please DM me with pictures of Alqualande. <laughs> Just keep sending. That sounds you magnificent. DM'd pictures, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So all the three Elven kindreds are now living there. You have Vanyar, Noldor, and Teleri kind of living side by side. They're still good friends. Um, and Melkor's in prison. Everything's great. Uh oh. And then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. And then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> and only the Avatar. Uh well, everything's good for a time. Uh the big thing is they're like time for a baby boom. Time to make boomers. Oh my god. Oh, of course. <laughs> the char- the the characters that do cause the drama are boomers because the elves are like, let's get fucking Let's start having kids. Baby so, elves. Baby elves. So, oh my gosh, how do elves not overpopulate if they uh, live forever? Because they are basically, they basically only have sex when they intend to have a child. Oh, interesting. Okay. There's no fun Very sex logistical about elves. it. So when they meet humans we need who, are, who are like, I'm down to fuck at any time. Elves are like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, there's no recreational sex among elves because all elves are Catholic because Tolkien was like, this is the ideal. No sex. No sex unless you're having children. Anyway. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, because there are three kindreds and Tolkien never describes what people look like. He never, unless it's their hair color, their eye color, or their height. He is very disinclined to actually describe what a person looks like. I think he's described Eowyn as pale. So we only know their before. hair and their height. Yeah, I think... I mean, that's why I think a lot of people should generally attribute more uh, racial diversity in Tolkien. Because, to be fair, he doesn't actually describe a lot oh. of people's skin colors. A few of them, he says, oh, wow. this person is very, very pale. And then, like, Eowyn's described as, like, pale mm-hmm. with golden hair. So, like, that still checks out. But, like, uh, my friend uh, uh, Aaron, who I talk to a lot, they love the idea of, like, Gondor kind of being this mix of, like, Middle Eastern and, like, Indian kind of uh, mm. vibes. And, like, they love, uh, like, drawing Boromir with like indian uh characteristics and i love that uh oh, and they also that. you'll have to show me him... some pictures oh i'll to i'll send you a bunch of their fan art because they also love <laughs> uh lesbians so they also draw them too <laughs> i also love lesbians <laughs> you don't say um, um molly draws galadriel is that her name yes as black and yes. i saw that and i was like I love her. I love her. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Galadriel's skin color is actually... She's called the White Lady, but hey, that could just be because she likes wearing a lot of white. Um, mm-hmm. I My headcanon, which I always go for, is Vanyar are very dark-skinned. 
because I think it's cool to have dark skin and then this very kind of lustrous bright hair. With golden hair. Yeah, with golden like dark skin with mm. golden hair. Ooh. Oh, what an aesthetic. Um <laughs> Chef's kiss. And then I can usually kind of just think of the Noldor as white because Rwanda they're causing a lot of problems. Well uh the Noldor to me right now are the Kardashians, so But yes, uh and then I usually also kind of attribute like the Teleri to kind of having like Asian features. Uh mm. And also just kind of the like the look of like their like clothing and items, like very East Asia inspired or South Asian, to be quite honest, because the Teleri are so varied. I love that. The Teleri are so varied. Like you have the Falmari who are like elves who fucking love the ocean. And then you have elves who like love the woods in the Teleri. The Teleri are great. I'm just going to say it. Teleri are probably one of my favorites. And also, the Teleri are the best singers of the elves. The Vanyar are the fairest. Mm -hmm. The Noldor are the best at, like, crafting and such. And the Teleri are, like, the best singers. Like, if you hear someone singing very well, it's probably a Teleri. When you're describing all that, it really sounded like avatar the last airbender there was the water <laughs> tribe there was an earth tribe there it was this noble don't. tribe which could dwarves be the are the dwarves are earthbenders elves are <laughs> hey question for you paul before we move on how would tolkien describe you with oh. only height and hair <laughs> foul looking uh with hair <laughs> Hair like a bird's nest, and regular height. I don't and know height. how he'd describe me. I think I'd be one. Because <laughs> thing is, he ba- he barely even does that for characters. A lot of the times, like he'll just say, "Oh, he had a foul look about him," and like that's where he leaves it. Like no, he'll describe. He'll spend ten minutes describing some valley and how big it is, and he'll be like, "Oh, it was a hundred feet from." one point to another point and i'm like tolkien i can't judge distance give me come on give me something else <laughs> give me something to equate it to is it is it a football f- i know what a football field looks like is it a football field it's just uh he's like look i'm really just here to create a language don't ask me for details look i'm making these hobbits gay what else do you want um <laughs> Uh, but yes, um, they kind of do a little of everything. Yeah, so they're all living here, and they're all starting to have children. So Finway, leader of the Noldor, marries Miriel. And one fun thing about the Noldor is usually every single Noldor kind of has like a craft that they're really good at. Uh, and Miriel is a magnificent weaver. She can make the finest like cloth creations like blankets clothes tapestries you name it she is very good at what she does she's very energetic um and she and feanor have a child uh no sorry she and finway have a child which they name feanor uh or at least i think that's his mother name that he actually goes by it's weird because you have the whole mother name and father name Just Tolkien, give me one name. <laughs> or a nickname. Yeah. One nickname. Yeah, it's Kuru Finway uh, is his father name, which is like kind of the name he's expected to go by in public. But his mother calls him Feanor. It's a public spirit. name and a private name? Yeah, basically. Like your father name is your public name. Your mother name is like the name that your family knows you by. Um. But oh, Fandor okay. gets known by his mother name simply because of how apt it is. Because his mother name, Fandor, means spirit of fire. And he is a very mm. fiery person. And, yeah, it says Kurufe Fenway was his name. But by his mother name, he was called Fandor, spirit of fire. And thus he is remembered in all the tales of the Noldor. Um, and so... He uh he's born and then Muriel has the worst bout of postpartum depression 
I think, ever had, where it's basically described as she put so much of her energy and her own passion into Feanor when he was born that she just couldn't go on anymore. She was depressed. She would just, she just longed for death, really, which really kills Finway. Because one, he really loves Muriel, and two, they've only had one kid. And like, this is like the beginning of their species. And he wants to have lots of kids. And no she's like, pressure. I'm sorry. And she's like, I'm sorry. That's the one I'm going to have. I'm going to have no more You do kids. it yourself, Finway. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she says this phrase, Never again shall I bear a child, for strength that would have nourished the life of many has gone into Feanor. And, uh, oh, that sounds so beautiful, though, the way it's stated. Again, yeah. Tolkien. Genius. And so Muriel is just so put out. She's so weary of everything now that they take her to the gardens of Lorien where she lays down. And even though it looks like she's asleep, uh, her spirit leaves her body and goes to live in Mantos. What? Yeah. What? She, she, she uh, sleeping beauties this. Not even sleeping beauty. <laughs> she just like snow whites it where like her body's in like this glass case now. Uh, because like Lorian, like Irmo Lorian, who dwells in Lorian, he he tends her body, and makes sure it doesn't decompose or anything. But yeah, she just kind of is like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to Mando's. Having a body is just so tiring. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So she just her spirit leaves, goes to Mando's, where she uh helps Vire, the weaver, uh oh. weave her tapestries. Oh, full circle. Was she like the first one? Wow. I mean, good thing it was her. She can help with those tapestries. Wow. Uh, but Finway, Fanor, Fanor gets this real bad case of only child syndrome where he is doted on. He is like. Finway gives so much of his love to Fanor because Fanor is also kind of a stand in for his mother. And so all the love he would have given yeah. Muriel, he gives Fanor. He's but. also kind of like first elf kid, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the first grandchildren always get everything. Oh, I'm a first grandchild. <laughs> yeah, see, Paul, you can relate. <laughs> I like like comes from being an only child for eight years until my sister came along. That is probably exactly what Feanor is feeling right now, mm. and that is also the first. Imagine being the first of your species. Like child. Well, he's not the first child had by elves. Like they've have been having children before, but like not as many because the mm. world they were in before was very dangerous. So the kids they did have, they kept close and just kind of didn't really. They they it was like having kids during wartime. You know, it's kind of like do or actually it's having try it's thinking about having kids in these days. <laughs> it's like, do I do I bring a child into this world yet, or do I do kind of wait for things? Or do to I maybe just adopt a dog? Or do or do I get a dog or uh, <laughs> a chameleon? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the uh, but there's this quote about Feanor. Oh, it's not a quote; it's a paragraph. Ooh, quote me, Paul. Uh. All Finway's love he gave thereafter to his son, and Feanor grew swiftly, as if a secret fire was kindled within him. He was tall and fair of face and masterful, his eyes piercingly bright, and his hair raven dark, in the pursuit of all his purposes eager and steadfast. Few ever changed his courses by counsel, none by force. He became of all the Noldor, then or after, the most subtle in mind, and the most skilled in hand. In his youth, Bettering the work of Rumil, he devised those letters which bear his name, and which the Eldar used ever after. And he it was, who first of the Noldor, discovered how gems, greater and brighter than those of the earth, might be made with skill. The first gems that Feanor made were white and colorless, but being set under starlight they would blaze with blue and silver fires, brighter than Helloween. And other crystals he made also, wherein things far away could be seen, small but clear, as with the eyes of the eagles of Manway. Seldom were the hands and mind of Feanor at rest. And so, Ooh. yeah, 
he's this amazing craftsman who can like create gemstones not just like mine them no up big and, D. and cut them he can create them and How does uh, one just create that's a gemstone a big thing about feanor is he keeps a lot of these a secret only he knows how to do it he doesn't train people on how to make these gemstones um he oh secret gemstones secret gemstones and that last part about creating crystals that let you like see far away like man way um have you uh for, do you remember from the movies that like crystal ball saruman has yeah that was made by feanor well how did he get his hands on that uh it's a long story we'll get to that later <laughs> but like uh spoiler i, I believe there are like eight palantirs i believe that come into the story that feanor Is makes that the things that you can see these yeah if you, you if you have like the will of force to do it you can put your hand on it and see things far away and communicate with others who have a palantir um so mm. uh so they're Feanor's like cell phones just, it is yeah yeah okay fine <laughs> smartphones you can check tiktok on them it's fine uh <laughs> You keep taking these grand ideas and be like, oh, so it's the Kardashians. Oh, so it's cell phones. I am just trying to relate all these things to our <laughs> listeners who, like me, know nothing about Lord of the Rings. But you might about the Kardashians and cell phones, so you know. God, I, hate, I hate the Kardashian analogy because it's so good. Because it makes it's so, so much sense. <laughs> God damn it. So anyway, uh, Feanor marries really young. Uh, most elves like take their time in marrying. Feanor, like, just as he's passionate about his work, he's passionate about his love life. And he marries uh, the daughter of his teacher, Matan. Matan is his teacher, not the person he marries. Uh, <laughs> but Matan is this uh, is one of the few elves described with a beard. He's got like this big red beard. And uh, he's a smith, and he teaches uh, Feanor how to, like, make things out of metal. And he has a daughter named Nerdanel, who, uh, she makes statues. Uh, and she also has his red hair, and they get married. Uh, and I also love how, because she is a stonemason, she is often drawn with, like, these, like, ripped arms. <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> like, ooh, buff wife, thank you. I enjoy that. We love to see a buff You'll lady. love to see a buff wife. Uh, and also about Nerdanel. Uh, Nerdanel also was firm of will, but more patient than Feanor, desiring to understand minds rather than to master them. And at first she restrained him when the fire mm -hmm. of his heart grew too hot. His later deeds grieved her, and they became estranged. Oh. Yeah. They divorce? kind of become divorced later on because of some of the shit Feanor pulls. Oh. There's not really... Okay, I'm sorry, but... Feanor is now Kanye and Nerdanel is now Kim. Oh my god. <laughs> Moving on. He was too fiery. He had to go. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, uh... But anyway, uh, in the meantime, Finway is really lonely. And he wants to remarry. Oh yeah, because his, his only kid just like up and left super well, young. Well no, his kid's still around. His, wife... his kid's still hanging around, but like He's, oh, he's he's he got wants life a, of his he own wants now, though. Stuff. Yeah, uh, like his son still visits him a lot because you know it's only parent syndrome, and they <laughs> they like, they're very close. But um, usually the elves marry for life, meaning this like being mean remarried has never happened before. So like Finway has yeah. to get the permission of the Valar that he can marry someone because remember elves don't die in middle earth their spirits are still here like there's a chance muriel could be reincarnated yeah. and they'd still t still be married so he asked finway permission to get married uh she sorry finway asked manway permission to get married and manway's like uh let me think about it yeah because that can get tricky if you get married and then your your uh previous wife comes yeah. back but uh, Manway thinks about it, and he's like, no, it's it's fine for you to get remarried. You know, it's fine. 
so Finway marries a woman of the Vanyar named Indus the Fair, and she is actually their king's sister, I believe. Uh, what was her name? Indus the Fair, I-N-D-I-S. Indus. Yes, uh, she was a Vanya, close kin of Ingwe, the high king, golden-haired and tall, and in all ways unlike Muriel. Finway loved her greatly and was glad again, but the shadow of Muriel did not depart from the house of Finway, nor from his heart, and of all whom he loved, Feanor had ever the chief share of his thought. So he still is constantly kind of putting Feanor on this pedestal. And mm. with I, Indus... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I noticed how describing her, it was just golden hair and tall. Yes. Hair and height. And Muriel was kind of average height and very dark hair. <laughs> Good job, um, Tolkien. Good job. Good job. You know contrast. <laughs> uh, and Feanor hates this. He is like, and it's the oh, whole like, you're not my mom. real mom. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes worse when Finway and Indus have two sons of their own. Uh, oh, who are... No, there's step-siblings? Yeah. yeah, they're step-siblings. So there's Fingolfin and Finarfin. Oh my... Uh, sorry. Come again? <laughs> Fingolfin. Uh, F-I-N. G-O-L-F-I-N. And Finarfin. F-I-N-A-R-F-I-N. <laughs> These are old names of, like, twins. Yeah, but they're not twins. Fingolfin. Fingolfin is older. And then as soon as that happened, Feanor just kind of just doesn't visit home anymore. Because mm. he just does not like it. He loves his dad but he cannot stand his step family. Um, and it's so one of those things. Cinderella. Oh, not even that because like, it's not like his step family are bad people. Like they <laughs> oh, try to be close to him. He's just very extra. And he's like, oh, my father has betrayed my mother. It's like, was Muriel not enough for him now that he must marry this other person and have kids with her. And it's also like, they're not my real brothers. They're my half-brothers. I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> uh, but Feanor, with Nerdinel, has seven sons. Oh, heck. They are Mithros the Tall. That's his title. He's the Tall. <laughs> uh, and Mithros, the thing is, uh, it's M-A-E-D-H-R-O-S. Ooh. And in Elvish, when you see D-H next to each other, it's like a th sound. Oh, okay. So it's Mithros, the tall. Mithros. Maglor, the mighty singer, whose voice was heard far over land and sea. Keligorm, the fair. Caranthir, the dark. Kurufin, the crafty, who inherited most of his father's skill of hand. And the youngest, Amrod and Amras, who were twin brothers, alike in mood and face. Twins. Twins. Wow. And I like how like the twins' describing feature is that they are twins. That's their <laughs> thing. Nothing Thanks, else. Thanks, <laughs> Wow. He got busy. Yeah, seven sons. Then uh, Fingolfin has, I believe, three children. Uh, they are Fingen. <laughs> I can't with the, the Fing. 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 Uh, Turgon, and oh, a daughter funny. named Erethel. Wait, I just realized they didn't have any daughters yet? Feanor like... has no daughters, just seven sons. Uh, and then Fingolfin he has, had... a, Fingolfin has a daughter. Oh, okay. Wow. Lots of boys in this fam. And, uh, and then finally, Finarfin has, uh, several children. Finrod, Who's the eldest? Orodreth, Angrod, and Agnor, who were, I believe, also twins. And a familiar. He also has a daughter named Galadriel. Oh, snap. I know her. Wow. She's, she's old. West. Well, oh, yeah, she's, they're immortal, but like, old. wow. <laughs> she, in the movies, she's the oldest elf you technically see, yeah. And she talks so slow. Talks so slow. <laughs> but it's Kate Blanchett, so we'll forgive her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the big family. You have 
Feanor and his sons, and then fin- uh, fin- uh, Fingolfin and his kids, and then Finarfin and his kids. And that's that's the big Kardashian family here. <laughs> um, and eventually... God, I was just going to say there's so uh, many of them. Don't expect me to remember all, any, actually any of these names. <laughs> don't worry, I'll actually just send you a family tree one sec. Oh, yes. Maybe I'll make my own little family tree, too figures <laughs> and they're different heights and i'll have three crayons to color their hair gold black and red oh and silver so, so feanor is kind of hanging around making cool shit and but then he gets like this very uneasy feeling he like looks at the two trees of alinor giving off their golden and silver light and he gets this uneasy feeling that something isn't right and for good reason because Melkor's up for parole. Um, <laughs> so and everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah. Uh, before the gates of Valimar, Melkor abased himself at the feet of Manwe and sued for pardon, vowing that if he might be only made the least of the free people of Valinor, he would aid the Valar in all their works, and most of all in the healing of the many hurts that he had done to the world. And Nienna aided his prayer, but Mandos was silent. Sounds sus. Yeah, sounds sus. Uh, then Manway granted him pardon, but the Valar would not yet suffer him to depart beyond their sight and vigilance, and he was constrained to dwell within the gates of Valmar. But fair-seeming were all the words and deeds of Melkor in that time, and both the Valar and the Eldar had profit from his aid and counsel if they sought it. And therefore, in a while, he was given leave to go freely about the land, and it seemed to Manway that the evil of Melkor was cured. For Manwe was free from evil, and could not comprehend it, and he knew that in the beginning in the thought of Iluvatar, Melkor had been even as he was, and he saw not the depths of Melkor's heart, and did not perceive that all love had departed from him forever. But Olmo was not deceived, and Tulkis clenched his hands whenever he saw Melkor his foe go by. For if Tulkis is slow to wrath, he is also slow to forget. But they obeyed the judgment mm-hmm. of Manwe. For those who are, who will defend authority against rebellion must themselves not rebel. Ooh, I like that line. Manway is like evil. I don't understand it, but uh, you know he seems <laughs> like he's sorry. And of course, Nienna like weeps for him and is like, it's just give him a second chance. Everyone deserves a second chance. But like oh almost like fuck this. I'm going back to the ocean. And every time Tolkis sees him, it's like the Arthur fist meme of him, like, is clenching it, like, <laughs> bastard. Uh, but Melkor, once he's free, kind of goes among, like, the Valar and Eldar. But he, like, the the Eldar are the elves. Um, but he hates the he's elves. He's also like that meme, guess who's back, bitches. Surprise, bitch. Thought you'd seen the last <laughs> of me. The, but Melkor hates the elves because it was because of the elves that the that the uh valar like attacked him they only attacked him because like they were like oh we have to protect the elves and so he doesn't forget that he doesn't forget that they're the reason he got thrown in the clanker oh boy but he starts going into his satan mode where he's like i'm gonna fucking Destroy them from the inside. Oh, God. So he kind of walks among... Uh, let me see. Uh, now, in his heart, Melkor most hated the Eldar, both because they were fair and joyful, and because in them he saw the reason for the arising of the Valar and his own downfall. Therefore, all the more did he feign love for them and seek their friendship. And he offered from the service of his lore and labor in any great deed that they would do. The Vanyar indeed held him in suspicion, for they dwelt in the light of the trees and were content. And to the Teleri he gave small heed, thinking them of little worth, tools too weak for his designs. But the Noldor took delight in the hidden knowledge that he could reveal to them, and some hearkened to words that it would have been better for them never to have heard. Melkor indeed declared afterwards that Feanor had learned much art from him in secret, and had been instructed by him in the greatest of all his works. 
he lied in his lust and his envy. For none of the Eldar ever hated Melkor more than Feanor, son of Finway, who first named him Morgoth, and snared, that, and snared though he was in the webs of Melkor's malice, he held no converse with him, and took no counsel from him. For Feanor was driven by the fire of his own heart only, working ever swiftly and alone, and he asked the aid and sought the counsel of none that dwelt in Amon, great or small, save only and for a little while of Nerdanel the Wise, his wife. So, immediately Melkor starts, like, hanging around the elves and, like, starts whispering. It's like, oh, don't trust that person. Uh, he's coming back to his Grinch role. Yeah, he's coming. He's like, I hate Christmas, so let me be Santa Claus for a little bit. Sneaky Grinch boy. Just like, yeah. hey, gotcha. Um, Y'all are too joyful. I don't like it. Uh, stop being happy. I hate it. No happy. <laughs> no fun allowed. But yes, in the end, uh, that's what he basically starts getting at. He starts just destroying them from the inside with lies and whispers. Uh, oh and so when Feanor sees the light of the trees, uh, he has this kind of idea of this light should be preserved because I feel like something might happen to these trees. So he creates the Silmarils. <gasps> which the Silmarillion is based on. Um, the the Silmarils, Silmarils? They are three incredibly beautiful gemstones that he creates that hold Wait, the, the light. Silmarils are gemstones? Yes. <gasps> that hold the light of the two trees in them. So, like, they give off golden and silver light together, like, mixed and blended. Ooh. There's this quote about them. As three great jewels they were in form, but not until the end when Feanor shall return, who perished ere the sun was made, and sits now in the halls of awaiting, and comes no more among his kin, not until the sun passes and the moon falls, shall it be known of what substance they were made. Like the crystal of diamonds it appeared, and yet was more strong than adamant, so that no violence could mar it or break it within the kingdom of Arda. Yet that crystal was to the Silmarils, but as, as is the body to the children of Luvatar, the house of its inner fire that is within it, and yet is in all parts of it, and is its life. And the inner fire of the Silmarils, Feanor made of the blended light of the trees of Valinor, which lives in them yet, though the trees have long withered and shine no more. Therefore, even in the darkness of the deepest treasury, the Silmarils of their own radiance shone like the stars of Varda. And yet, as were they indeed living things, they rejoiced in light, and received it, and gave it back in hues more marvelous than before. So, like, these Whoa. gems are amazing. And, uh... Wait, why did he make them? Uh, because, f first off, it's because he wants to be really cool, and he's like, oh, check this shit out. <laughs> Um, but also like he looked at the trees and thought in his mind, something might happen to these trees. And uh... I have a way of preserving that beauty and light. And also because he's an artist because he wants mm. to push himself to do the next amazing, great masterpiece. And this, these are his masterpieces. Cause uh, he's Kanye West. Cause he's Kanye. Fuck. <laughs> All who dwelt in Amon were filled with wonder and delight at the work of Feanor, and Varda hollowed the Silmarils, so that thereafter no mortal flesh, nor hands unclean, nor anything of evil might touch them, but be scorched and withered. Way to go, Varda! Yeah, and Mandos foretold that the fates of Arda, earth, sea, and air, lay locked within them. The heart of Feanor was fast bound to these things that he himself had made. They sound quite special. Not yeah. gonna lie. Good job, Fanor. But the thing is, Melkor's uh -oh. still around. Oh. And he sees these Silmarils. And he Heck. wants them. And that, I think, is a good place where we end for today. No, cliffhanger, what? Yes, cliffhanger. Paul. Like the end of the... If this is a TV series, the episode ends with Fanor creating the Silmarils and everyone being like, oh, wow, oh, look at that. And then you see Fe uh, Melkor just kind of in the shadows, like giving like hey, hey, creeping hey, around the corner. Yeah, 
he's doing the creep. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's where we're gonna end for today. Paul, that was both brilliant and very rude. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna have to do more of these because I feel like it's a good way of keeping things fresh, keeping you excited for the next episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm always excited, but yeah, now we know <laughs> the the Silberills. So I don't know, Silmarillion. Sil- yeah, Silmarils, yeah. Wow. Silmarillion. And yeah, so technically, this is the beginning of the Silmarillion because the Silmarillion is like the story of the Silmarils because everything that happens down the line now happens because of these Silmarils that get made. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are now officially to the Silmarillion. We're no yes. longer in prologue world. Yeah, so we are... We are with the birth of Feanor, we're starting to see like actual kind of big characters beginning to appear <laughs> because all like Feanor, Fingolfin, and Finarfin and their sons, they're really important now. Uh, like they, a lot of the stories we'll be talking about from now on will be concerning them a lot. Mm, okay. So learn, note to Tori, how to say and spell their name. Mm hmm. Or at least just be, famili- be familiar with them, because I'll describe them uh, kind of in, like, different things. So, like, with Feanor's sons, Mithros is this tall redhead who's just very energetic. Maglor is the bard, basically, of the party. He, <laughs> he's got a lute, and he just sings a lot. Caligorm uh, is a hunter, and he's got, like, this kind of pale hair. Then... Kurufin is basically like little Feanor. Like, he's a craftsman. He <laughs> loves crafting. He looks like his dad. Aww. Uh Karanthir is the dark. He's the broody teenager. He's the he's the goth. He's mm, got like his know. black hair and like a swoosh. It wasn't a phase. Oh. <laughs> uh, he wears a lot of black and such. And then you have the two twins who are also both redheads. And... Uh, and their in their entire character is their twins. That's their character. <laughs> They're the fucking Oh fuck the Weasley twins, yeah. <laughs> say their names, but I forgot what their names were. But yeah. Uh okay. be ready for those down the line. Uh we can actually I would I would say like we won't I won't just have to te- like say names at you anymore but let's face it this is tolkien that's a lie <laughs> there will be more names to be said not but, just one uh, name per person at least three i'll keep one i'll keep one name per person and i'll probably only like reference another name if it like is a good descriptor of their character and be like they're also known as this but i'll just <laughs> call them this so don't worry about that other one this is just a descriptor copy that yeah all right well Thank you, everyone, for listening to our second episode of Silly Marillion. Remember, Thanks it's bi-monthly in that or it's bi-weekly. Month. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's every or other every week. Every other week. <laughs> we'll just use the phrase every other week. Uh, if you wish uh, to follow us on our social medias, I'm just primarily on Twitter at GoodLookingGeek. Uh, you are a good-looking geek, Paul. I am... And you are Toriello. Toriello, T-O-R-I-E-L-L-O. Sometimes an underscore before after one day they will be united. Yeah, I think um, your Twitter's the one with the underscore. They Isn't both it? have an underscore. Twitter, the underscore is after. On Instagram, yes. the underscore is before. Because regular Toriello is taken everywhere. Never the two shall meet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big thanks also to uh first off my friend Jack Hook for Jack. composing uh the music of our uh kind of opening and closing and uh also big thanks to Wolf Sheepy uh Ooh. for their work on the art for our cover I've already received so many compliments on both so thank you Jack they, and Wolf nailed so, it they're so good and also a thank to basically everyone who's listening uh, for both the feedback. And if you've just been enjoying it and you haven't said anything, fine. You know, keep, keep on keeping on. Cause I am a, like, I'm just here for your entertainment really. And also to tell <laughs> Tori more about Lord of the Rings, but uh, 
thanks for joining yes. me on this journey. It's so fun. I'm so excited. I am. I'm. Well, first off, I just heard the children outside, but sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, they're oh so excited. They're so excited. They're like <laughs> a cliffhanger. What? No way. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. See you then. Bye.